Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Intersection coming to you from Georgia Tech's Scheller College of Business. I'm your host, Joe Macri, and I've been directing the web and digital presence here at the college for the past 12 years. Today, we have a very special guest, our own Dean Miriam Alavi. Dr. Alavi has been the Dean at Scheller for six years and is an expert in digital innovation and strategic IT applications. She's a thought leader and a recognized educator and advisor with extensive experience in leadership development and organizational capability building for a digital age. Welcome, Miriam. I'm excited to chat with you today. I am delighted to be here, and uh, thank you for the introduction, Joe. Thanks. So today we're going to discuss technology's impact on the redefinition of work. We'll talk about the expanding role of tech in a post-COVID world, and we'll provide some advice to students living or embarking on their journey in the IT space. But before we get into that, I think our listeners would love to know a little bit more about you and your journey. So, you know, you've achieved great things in your career. You sit on a number of boards. You're a distinguished award winner and recognized champion for diversity. So I'd like to know, you know, what does it take to achieve the success you've had? What led you here today? Well, uh, I always enjoyed learning and school. And uh, I was a good student. And my parents really valued and emphasized education in my family. So it is not surprising that professionally I ended up uh, in the higher education industry. Sounds like quite the journey. We're all glad led you here to Scheller. You know, when I first started here, well, when you first became Dean, I was here. Uh, and one of your passions was to elevate the conversation around disruption in technology. And since that time, you posted five digital disruption events with industry titans from Coca-Cola Company, Home Depot, and Anthem, just to name a few. So from a leadership perspective, you're driving this conversation forward. Did you always want to be a leader in information systems and eventually become dean of a prestigious business school like Scheller? Well, uh, this was uh, a gradual and path-dependent outcome uh, and not a deliberate and concrete decision on my part. Uh, I didn't sit down one day and decide uh, that I wanted to specialize in and get a PhD in information systems and then become the dean of a prestigious business school. Uh, it was more of a journey that uh, started in high school. I was a good student. I was uh, good in math. And uh, in college, I decided to pursue a degree in math and computer science. I got uh, very interested in computer science and uh, decided to get a master's degree in the field. After my master's degree, I uh, got a job in, uh, as a software uh, engineer and, and uh, focused on um, mostly large database conversion projects. At that time, I observed that uh, the success and effectiveness of complex technology implementations in organizations and businesses goes beyond technology per se and includes a host of other individual, contextual, and operational factors. That realization motivated me to return to university for a PhD in information systems and then to teaching in business schools after receiving my PhD and eventually to a dean position at uh, Georgia Tech. Wow, thank you for sharing your story. These are things I never knew about your journey to leadership in this interesting space. 
you know, I know in the world of academia comes research and lots of it. You know, I've witnessed the sacrifices and successes of our amazing PhD students and their research and many of whom I consider friends now. And you've also had great success and won award for your research. So, you know, what past research of yours do you feel has been the most impactful or you're personally proud of in the field of IT? Two areas. Uh, one, uh, knowledge management. Uh, that is the study of how organizations create, share, and preserve knowledge uh, with a specific focus on the role of information technologies in that process. And uh, I have uh, a number of, uh, a high number of citations to my published research in this area. And the second uh, is the area of technology mediated learning. Uh, I was one of the early movers uh, in the information systems field to research uh, the topic of uh, technology-mediated learning. You know, the IT world is ever-changing. It's particularly challenging, I think, to keep up with. And, you know, I started my career in the dial-up days of modems 20 years ago, and I have to keep learning and adapting, too. So for you to be a leader in this field across multiple decades is quite impressive. Thank you. So thanks for that tease in your background. Uh, I'm sure we could take the full hour talking about you and your background alone, and maybe we'll save that for another episode down the road. So now that we know a little bit more about you, let's switch gears slightly, and, and we'll talk about the future of work in a digital-first world in higher education and touch on Scheller's role in it all. So I have a question about the, what the new normal might look like for professionals in that. How do you think technology will continue to drive the redefinition of work? Well, advanced computing and communication technologies are increasingly prevalent, powerful, and uh, relatively cost-effective. So many of the tasks cannot be automated uh, at scale. And as we digitize various tasks and operations, we are ma uh, amassing very large volumes of data that can be processed by algorithms uh, to come up with uh, highly accurate predictions, uh, for example, in the area of machine learning. Consequently, some of the tasks that used to be performed only by humans can now be performed well by machines. For example, uh, seeing and recognizing objects. Uh, machines are now increasingly able to do that with uh, enhanced accuracy. Understanding spoken language, uh, translating from one spoken language to another, these are just examples of tasks that used to be performed uh, solely by human beings, but now increasingly machines are taking over uh, in performing these tasks. So as more and more tasks are performed well by machines, the more work of humans changes. Uh, increasingly, humans would be teaming up uh, with machines and performing higher level tasks that, requires, uh, that require skills such as strategic thinking, sense-making, transdisciplinary problem-solving, as well as uh, more human traits like empathy, complex communications, collaboration, and cognitive uh, flexibility. And uh, I can give you an example if you're interested. Absolutely. So uh, if we think about uh, some of the sustainability-related problems, uh, 
these are transdisciplinary problems and have economic, social, and scientific, uh, as well as engineering dimensions to them. These kind of problems uh, require a high level of human judgment and holistic and contextual thinking, uh, complex communication and collaboration and coordination with other experts, uh, human experts, to address the tasks and problems effectively. Machines, on the other hand, can be used for collection and analysis of very large economic, environmental, and scientific data sets. But at this point, I do not know of machines that could solve these types of problems in their entirety. And therefore, human-machine teams are needed and work a lot more effectively than humans or machines alone. I, I am personally fascinated by this field and the speed of which it's moving forward. I think we're just scratching the surface of what's, what's possible. And I think it's going to free up humans to be more creative and I think um, make decisions that aren't repetitive in nature, I guess, and help, you know, have computers help in this, and these algorithms help them make more informed decisions, be more efficient and operational. It's a little scary too, I guess, in some regards to, you know, given our current and foreseeable working climate, this is, uh, this is such a timely question and response. So, so thanks for that. Absolutely. Um, you know, I have a niece and nephew who are really embarking on their college journey now. So, you know, I kind of wonder what their experience could look like. You know, how do you think universities can properly leverage technology to create a more robust learning environment for students? Of course, a common role and application of technology in higher ed is online learning and online degrees. And, uh, uh, of course, online learning can enhance the reach and efficiency and scale of education. And, of course, Georgia Tech's Georgia Tech has one of the largest and most successful online degrees in the nation, the online masters in computer science. I believe that another way that technology can be helpful is to use it to gain more efficiency in teaching and transfer of structured and well-defined knowledge from instructors to students. Uh, for example, a lecture can be captured and made available to students online to in turn free up the instructor's time to allow more time for Q&A, knowledge application, problem solving, case discussion, coaching, and interactions with experienced practitioners. So leveraging technology can lead to increased engagement and motivation uh, on part of students, deeper learning and development of higher order thinking and skills, uh, skills that I referenced um, before and will be increasingly needed in the future, things like uh, strategic thinking, complex problem solving, understanding context, etc. So. That's a way that I think technology can really help us to develop a deeper learning and a more rigorous approach to learning. I think that that personal touch is really important. You know, to free faculty from the from the the nuance of the day to day. You know, I personally would have enjoyed a lot, that a lot more, being having more interaction with my professors during my college career. So, I'm hopeful that really sort of takes off and, and it's embraced and it moves forward quickly. So as we record this, yeah, 
you know, as we record this, you know, COVID-19 is still controlling our lives in a sense, and we're, we're having to adapt rapidly, and I think we're doing a great job with it. So, you know, what's Scheller's part in this? You know, what role does Scheller play in the accelerated digital transformation of a post-COVID world? Well, let's start by kind of stepping back and uh, sort of make some observations about the COVID-19 pandemic and what has it relate, what has it led to in terms of shifts in business, economy, and our lives? Uh, three categories of change. Uh, one is major changes in consumer or customers' wants and behavior. Second area is a high degree of unpredictability and complexity. And number three is large spike in uh, remote work. We have all been experiencing that over the last six months. And uh, as you observe, these changes have occurred very fast. Uh, for example, according to one study, the penetration of uh, e-commerce in the U.S. doubled mm. in only mm. two months during the mm. pandemic. And digitization in most cases is an irreversible phenomenon. That is, when consumers, customers, or clients uh, get used to the convenience, speed, and efficiency of digital, uh, they are not willing to give it up. Uh, in fact, they come to expect it. So digital will be a key driver of growth uh, during economic recovery, in the post-COVID era and beyond. And uh, this means that uh, the post-COVID-19 uh, world will be very different in terms of the impact and role of digitization in driving business and economy. And uh, at Scheller College, uh, we prepare business leaders uh, for uh, the digital era. And we do this through our curriculum at the intersection of business and technology and by providing ample opportunities for our students to engage in hands-on and experiential projects uh, in uh, field settings in areas like digital transformation, tech innovations, business analytics, sustainability, and more. That digital transformation skill set is going to be critical. I think you're right in this post-COVID situation. You know, what we expect, our groceries being delivered to our house now. I'm not sure if we're going to go back to what we consider normal. I don't know what the brick and mortar is going to look like in the future. It's, um, and you're right, the expectation is so high now of what we expect in the digital world and uh, delivery times and scheduling. So I couldn't agree with you more. It's, and I'm glad we're preparing our students for that as well. Yes. And so here's hoping we can start to move forward and in, in a something normal in the next coming months, but who knows? You know, I think the up and coming generation, they're, they're so smart and tech savvy. Um, I'm confident they'll adapt and overcome to any situation we throw after them. Year after year, our incoming classes continue to impress, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, what advice would you give to students? Is there any particular curriculum or skill set that they should embrace? I think that uh, business acumen along with leadership and soft skills have always been important, but increasingly they were, they're going to become table stakes. Beyond these skills, uh, an entrepreneurial mindset, creativity, and facility with digital technology will be a must for business professionals 
regardless of the industry or the field that they are in. And developing these leading edge skills and uh, motivation and a love of learning are increasingly important nowadays. The rate of change, as we quickly discussed, uh, will only accelerate. So in order to thrive and to stay professionally relevant and successful, individuals need to be continuous learners. Uh, research has identified two key factors that predict how well and how fast people learn. Uh, one is motivation to learn, and the other one uh, is how much individuals already know about a given topic or area. So to be a self-motivated learner and a continuous learner, uh, it's important to know that the more you engage in learning, the faster and better you get at it. So mm. my advice is take charge of your own learning and development in your professional lives. That's a great statement. The, the more you learn, the better you get at it. You know, I, I yes. think it. Uh, I think it becomes challenging as you get older. Um, you know, older students coming back to learn and haven't been in school for a number of years. I think sometimes it can be challenging, but you've you got to stay ahead of it. I certainly tell my young generation, my nieces and nephews, I said, continue your journey, you know, keep moving forward, get your secondary degrees while you're young, while you have the energy, while it's fresh in your mind to continue that learning. That's, that's really great advice. That's really great advice. I couldn't agree yeah, more. Yeah, and continuous learning kind of obviously a big part of that can happen in a formal educational and uh, school and university environment. But also it's important that when people are out in the field, uh, they continue to engage in learning and uh, mm -hmm. just take the opportunity to be a continuous learning from various experiences and projects and activities that uh, they get engaged in in their professional lives. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I, I like to cross-train and learn. I like to learn about different areas myself. It, it helps you become, a, I think, a more well-rounded employee and understand, you know, what those driving, motivating factors are for success for an organization as well. So, great advice. And it also great helps advice. to, and it also helps to be a more holistic uh, thinker and decision maker and problem solver. Mm. Well said. Well said. So, to all you students listening out there, I hope you're paying attention, or you can, I guess, you could just rewind the podcast too if you want. So, well, Miriam, this feels like a, a good place to end the episode. I think you've given our listeners a, a lot to think about. It's been a fantastic conversation, lots of great information and advice. You know, I thank you so much for your time today, and I hope we can do this again. I hope so, too. Thank you, Joe. And uh, it was great. It was fun, and the questions were uh, really important questions. Thank you. Thanks. And until next time, everyone, stay safe out there. Mm -hmm.